Hey there, welcome to the Saints Hangout Podcast. Every word has been designed to bless, empower, and edify you as we search and teach through the scriptures. And now, here's today's podcast. To impeach a president. <laughs> you have a serious look. You know, but I'm, but I'm here um, with a grateful heart to, to God and um, to every one of you. Um, the truth is, my desire has always been to be a vessel that God can, you know, through that vessel, touch lives, nothing more. And, um, you know, this afternoon, just before we came, I was meditating on certain things, and it was more like there was a scripture when Jesus said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And I've discovered that um, walking for God does not exclude you from walking with God. You know, that might take a time to settle, but those are some of my conversations with the Holy Spirit. Because the truth is, you can walk so much for Him that you forget to walk with Him. And that's when you get into trouble. And when you prioritize the with, it makes the walking for easier. And I'm going to say that again. When you put premium on your walk with him, it makes the ability to walk for him easier. Most of the things I share with you, you know, the truth is there are conversations that the Holy Spirit drops. I'm one of those vessels who I credit every, anything you see me do today on any platform, teaching the word, I credit it to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I say so is because I know my story. I know how I started. And I make bold to say anywhere that um, being a Christian in this day and age that we are in, is not what anyone one should play with or take for granted. And that's the reason why, as a vessel that preaches the word, these are not the times to count what you don't have, in quote. For those of you who have known me for so long, um, the days when I didn't have a suit, <laughs> I was preaching. The days when I didn't have a pupit, I was preaching. The days when, and I learned that model from Christ himself. Jesus was a preacher. He did not matter where he was. If he was in the boat, he was preaching. If he was in someone's house, he was preaching. If he was in the synagogue, he was preaching. So the environment did not determine his grace. The environment he was did not determine the anointing that was on him. Or in him and that is the model every Christian should have because I can tell you for first-hand information yeah I can give you at the top of my head a million reasons not to preach the gospel she knows better I am super super maxed out towards the end of the year you know we were somewhere yesterday I needed to get something he, needed, he helped me out with something and that's because I have one or two deadlines but I have just put this in my spirit that Nothing takes the place of the things you have to do for God. 
And that's the reason why, despite all of what the world is going through, I am grateful to God, at least for every one of you. I'm not taking these meetings for granted. And even though it is in the seed time of what we are trusting God for with our lives and with, this, with the people of God, it is my prayer that God will honor the work that we do for him. I know it's, taking, it's costing us a lot. It's costing us time. It's costing every one of you time as well. But the truth about it is, and those listening as well to the recording, on the long run for every Christian, it will be worth your while. That I can say confidently. And that's the reason why even as preachers of the word, pray for your pastors as well. Any Christian listening to this anywhere in the world, if you have a pastor, I'm not talking about false prophets now. <laughs> if you have a pastor over your life, or if you have a pastor who speaks into your life, or somebody who God has um, molded to speak to you, pray for such people. Because the truth is, um, in these last days, such people are at the front lines of the first heat. Some of you might not know. I, I'm here this evening to open up a lot of things. It's well, the last meeting for the year, um, technically, you know. But in this season that we are in, the Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. It's a divine rule. The devil doesn't have to worry about the sheep. About the sheep. If he takes away the shepherd, the sheep is scattered. And that's the reason why when Jesus came out of the grave, you will not see him running around, running after people who wanted the miracles, people who wanted the signs, people who wanted, no. He went after those he has entrusted. That's why the moment he came out of the grave, he did not just resurrect. He went back looking for Peter because he knew fully well that if Peter does not get it, the whole of Israel, there is a problem. If James, John, every one of them do not get it, there is a problem. And that's the reason why I believe strongly Saints Hangout is a revival going somewhere to happen. Because the goal of this is not to seek fame. The goal of this is not to seek any other thing but the agenda of God. At the end of the day, when that trumpet blows, fame would not matter. Famous people go to hell. Same way with unfamous people. It has nothing to do with how popular you are. And that's the reason why as Christians in this day and age, we have to be careful. Very, very careful. Not as to uh, speak fear. or No, that's not the goal. But these are the days whereby you daily examine yourself. You daily um, check yourself. You know, last night, just on an intro basis, I was reading a scripture. I think it was last night with, with my wife. And... Um, I needed to read that scripture to her because, and I'm going to share that scripture as well. I think it's in Revelation 12. Uh, let's just start with that before we go into the main topic. And um, it, it pretty much points to the times that we are in. And um, I stumbled across, across um, a teaching which I believe, you know, I respect the person so much. It's one of those mentors I look up to when it comes to the kingdom of God. And he shared something, and I decided to share that same scripture we have. Revelation 16. Let's just quickly go there. Revelation 16. I'm starting from verse 12. Now, obviously, Revelation is one of those scriptures that any Christian should not be scared about. She's not, you know, Revelation is actually one of those scriptures that it's a pointer 
to all of the things that will happen in the last days as revealed by God through John. You know, and this particular one, let me just read it out. The Bible says, Revelation 16 from verse 12. The Bible says, And the sixth angel poured out his veil upon the great river Euphrates, and the water therefore was dried up, that the way of the king of the east might be prepared. Verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits that frogs came out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For 14. For they are the spirits of devils walking miracles which goeth forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of the almighty God. Verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is they that watcheth and keepeth his garment. Now he's talking about us now, the garment of righteousness that we have been, that we received. He said, Behold, I come as a thief in the night, pretty much meaning you would not know when it would happen, but live your life prepared. I come as a thief, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now, why am I reading this scripture? I'm reading this scripture because obviously anybody listening to me, it's not, it's something you can go check or recently the news of the river Euphrates got dried up and the river has been existing for 6,000 years and 2022, couple of, I think a couple of months back, the river, as we speak right now, is dried up. Is one of those accurate prophecies that was spoken about. After this meeting, you could look it up. And that river has never, I think it connects four major countries or continents or so, but this is the first time they say the river is dried up. Now, I'm not here trying to, I'm not a, uh, whatever it is people want to speculate. As long as the word, the word is the center point. And that's supposed to be a clue. And if you notice, follow the next thing. You know, one thing I saw here, it said, verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirit, frogs, mouth, dragon, came out of the base, out of the mouth, false prophet. Verse 14, it said, For they are the spirit of devils, walking miracles. I think, I, I can't remember the sermon that I talked about it. I can't recall now, but I know I talked about this um, spectacular, this spectacular thing that people are always running after. And how that you have to be very, very sensitive. You have to be very, very discerning. Because these are the days whereby not all things that greet us is gold. You know? I, I, I would try to remember the name of the sermon. I can't remember. But I remember in that sermon I said something about at times, maybe because you've been praying so much as a minister of the gospel, and I don't have anything with those who work in the miraculous, don't get me wrong. You know, I've seen some of that happen as well in my ministry. But at the same time, I've discovered that you don't try to compare yourself to people. And you think because someone is raising the dead, but you are preaching the gospel, you think you are below that person. Because you don't understand that through the grace of, nobody does miracles outside God. That is the genuine ones now. There is no man of God that is anointed to do miracles by his own power. It is the ability of God that comes on him to do those such things. Even Jesus himself said so. He said, the things you see me do is not even my own accord. He said, but the Father that lives in me doeth these works. And there he was talking about the Holy Spirit. So no man 
has ever done any i'm talking about the genuine ones now no man has ever done any miracle by himself even jesus acknowledged that it is not me but the spirit of the lord that dwells in me so if that spirit comes on the inside of you and empowers you to preach the word like no other don't think you are little than those that are maybe walking on water it is because of the shallow mentality that we have is the reason we think god loves some people gifted in the realm of ministry more than those who for example i'm here teaching the word some of you might be gifted on the part of okay when i come to a meeting like this let's just set up some of us might be gifted on the grounds of the media department it does not mean you are less important to god and it does not mean what you are doing is less at the end of the day we have to we have to understand that part of god is such that he's so balanced he's so balanced that's why when he came back to the people with the talent he did not understand what the person with one talent was complaining about it didn't make sense to god for the person who had a little talent to complain because as far as god was concerned there is no difference between one and three the problem starts when you don't have an, a, 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 a revealed knowledge of who you are to God and what that gift is supposed to be in the first place. God never, when Jesus came back according to that parable, he never, he never said, ah, I also thought that one talent was not enough. What did the master say? He said, even that one, the least you could have done, invest it. I hope you all can hear me. The least you could have done is what invest it. And what does it mean to invest? You don't even have to do anything, but make sure you work on that gift. It's as simple as that. You don't have to, you don't have to go out of at least the least you could have done, invest it. Instead of you just burying it. And that's the reason why one of the things we're talking about today, I call it a God encounter. I'm about to say some things that whew, I just pray um, these words, you know, it would give strength to any Christian out there, to anybody, on, and those of you here in the live audience, it would give strength, it is my prayer that it gives strength to you, not just on the level whereby you just hear the word and then you go, but the word, the word would, would cause something on the inside of it, it would stir up an appetite for God like never before. Today we are talking about, let, let's start, let's start because of time. Um, so please look up, for those of you who have good um, research, look up the river Euphrates and you know that we are actually in the end of time. Now, a God encounter, that's what we think what we're talking about today. Please follow me, uh, take notes, feel free, we're just here to have fun as saints. The word encounter, through one of the things I study, simply means... Um, running into or to, to to come in contact with someone and obviously encountering a man a woman obviously depending on who that person is obviously is beautiful um, or it's a good thing you know but when we're talking about God now it becomes something on another level because the first thing you need to understand is can a man really encounter God as the first question now, I'm not going to tell you what led to this conversation, but just flow with me. Can a man really encounter God? And I really want to ask that if I'm privileged to ask multiple Christians or multiple folks, 
Because when we talk about, I've been privileged to ask certain people before, tell me one or two things you know about God. And people start to scratch their heads. People start to say words. People start to maybe recite one of the things that they learned from their Sunday school. And I discovered that it's no more a joke. Because I've often said this. If you plan spending eternity with someone, at least get to know them. I think it's just the, well, permit me to be a bit, I think it's just common sense. <laughs> if you plan spending eternity with someone, the least you can do, get time to know them. So because we, if we don't understand this mindset and you don't um, have that settled in your mind, and what do I mean by settled in your mind? When I leave this world, I know where I'm going to, heaven. No stories attached. These are days where by such conversations, you need to be able to say to yourself, you know, once I leave this world, no stories, because the truth is, you've seen people leave this world before, right? Uh, so it's not good. I'm not trying to be a prophet of doom. You cannot live forever. I cannot live forever. One day, we will leave this world according to what the Bible has said and things that have happened before now. Because I've discovered, you know, somebody once said something that, you know, how to know a wise man. Wise people, when you get close to them, you discover that they don't do things, they don't actually do anything spectacular. They only learn to take simple things and practicalize them, period. When you get close, for example, when you meet uh, maybe an investor, yes, they seize opportunities that are around, but the principles, that's why you see them even when they age, they don't change. They, because they've learned to learn, follow simple or basic principles. Now, the same thing as well with God. Because as I said, when you ask an individual, tell me one or two things about God, you don't, you get people who blab, yeah, some people say one or two things, but the truth about it is, your walk with God, you know, I said certain things in some Sundays ago, when you walk with God, it shows. God is not the kind of person that you walk with and it does not show. When you walk with God, when you when you're one who you who, who you practice the presence of God, there are certain experiences that comes with that, such that if you are in an environment where God is in, you will know. Why? It's not what you read in the book. It's not what they told to you. It's what you've experienced for yourself. And when you experience such things, it starts to make your walk with Him different. Now, the question I asked earlier. If I'm to ask people, have you encountered God before? You know, as I said in the definition, to encounter some, someone is to maybe run towards him or approach the person. But one thing I've seen in Christianity, Christianity is not man trying to encounter God. Christianity is not man trying to run to say, I want to chase after God, or I want to get God. That's the difference between Christianity and others. Christianity actually is God opening up himself to say, you know what, now come. Because when you see Christianity from that angle, having encounters with God will come naturally. Oh, I just said something. When you see your relationship with God with the mindset of, I have come to a place where the custodian of this place wants me to come. Relationship in that mode becomes easier. For example, I came here now. I haven't seen some of you like in person in a while. But because we have a constant communication, when I saw you in person physically, I didn't have to start scratching my head to say, where do I pick up the conversation? Why? Because we spoke last week. 
Some of you we spoke some two days ago. So it makes the communication easier. Because before now, certain things have been said. Now, please don't, I'm just trying to lay the foundation. When you see having an encounter with God as something that I have to run to the mountain, I have to kill seven doves and two chickens and 22 horses, it makes the work harder. But when you see having an encounter with God as God stays on a place and says, Tino, you come. It shows somebody who is already prepared to receive you. Catch this. God already is in a state to receive every Christian, irrespective of location. And that does include whether you're on earth or in heaven. I'm not just talking about depending on the city that you are. That's why Paul can say, when we leave this world, the difference is just that to be outside of the body is to be now present with the Lord. Not that we were not in his presence before, but we have only left the outer body realm. The Christian is not one that when he dies, he's not thinking, where does he go? Paul says, it's just a transition. It's just a transition. That means certain encounters with God, you don't have to wait until you physically die before you start experiencing it. Let's go to the scripture. I feel, I feel my health coming. The book of John. The book of John. It's so, that's why the good, it's called the good news. Glory to God. John. John, John. John, 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 John. I wrote something down here. Jesus is a living proof that God wants an encounter with you. <laughs> Listen, that's why when some people see Jesus, that's why I tell you Revelation would always, some of these things, they, they were put in my spirit and it opened my eyes. When you ever, moving forward maybe after the sermon, when you hear about Jesus, know fully well that God planted Jesus in your life to confirm that he wants an encounter with you. An encounter with God is not what you have to go around rot. Okay, let me let me let me not let the 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 the, the, the words out yet. John six, and one of you would read. You so I need somebody who can be a fast reader for us. John six. Let's start from verse forty four. Maybe because of time, I might not have time to go through what led to this conversation. Certain things led to it, and Jesus got to verse forty four, precisely John six, and he uttered a statement. He says, "No man." If you're listening to this and you have a Bible that, you know, you bought with your own money, <laughs> that you can underline, you know, not borrowed Bibles, you put that pen, no man. I hope you understand what I'm saying. When Jesus said, no man can come to me, that means buy all the turtle doves you want to buy, that encounter is not guaranteed. Do all of the religious and cultural activities, that encounter is not guaranteed. So what did he say guarantees it? He said, no man come to me except the Father which sent me draws him. <laughs> so that means the day I feel like doing the things of God, someone, maybe not physically present here on earth, is drawing me. So, so the day you also rush to give your heart to Christ. That's why I said earlier that, you know, when you see Christianity from that point of view, that it is not you trying to chase after God, but God has put you in an heartbeat whereby, come, I am expecting you. So every time you look at Jesus, and that's why what led to this, because when we talk about a God encounter, 
we have turned it so much that we put up a poster and say, who come to this night of a thousand something and encounter the God of encounter. That is, that is, I'm, I'm, you really need to be careful with that. Because the truth about it is, the Spirit of the Lord told me a part time. He said, I hope you can handle this. Programs does not determine you having encounters with God. Because the truth is, you can come to that program and live the same way you came, nothing changed. And the truth is, you can be even around the vicinity, the surroundings of that hall. And because there is such a thirst in your spirit, you can pull something down that those in that same auditorium will not pull down. That's why you worship God by revelation. That's why a man can be on the cross with Jesus on the same side. And everybody there looking around, looking at the, the, the king of kings. One man was pulling an encounter for his salvation and the other one was around the same man and he didn't pull anything. So the fact that you are around an encounter ground does not mean you will have the encounter. Even though in Christianity, God did not need you to print a poster before he had an encounter with you. That's why... <laughs> That's why I, said, I hope you can handle me. Posters does not determine encounters. It does not. As a matter of fact, quote me anywhere, encounters in God had been orchestrated in Christ already. That's why when he said in 40, he said, no man come to me except the Father what draws him. So that means the moment you see a man approaching Jesus, someone somewhere is the one calling the shots. And because that person has prepared himself to say, you know what, I want to have an encounter with Tino. But instead of me telling somebody to print a poster, what did God do? He sent Jesus your way. So Jesus is a proof that God wants to have an encounter with us on a daily basis. And I'm going to show you certain scriptures as well. Such that when you start to see from that mindset, your prayer place becomes a place where it's different because now you know that you are going to a god who before you thought about going to him he says i'm already expecting you before you think about it he says i'm already expecting you that's one of the reasons why the devil would not want you to pray he wouldn't want you to study he wouldn't want you to do all of that because the truth about it is the more you do such the more they rub off the more they rub off so every time a christian steps into a place to pray he is only carrying out the will of the Father that he saw before sending Christ. And what was the will of the Father? I want to have an encounter with you. So every time God sees you, even before that voice to come to say to, to condemn you, to come to do all of that, God already says, you know what? I want to have an encounter with you. Certain people don't understand. They think on. Can I can I be myself this evening? Listen. You are, you are, it will be wrong of any Christian, and use the word now, you know this is saints anger out, anger out. My, my goal is more to the saints, so that we can be that perfect body, that the, the body without spots, as said in Ephesians. It will be wrong for any Christian, after the tomb, after the resurrection of Jesus, to say, having an encounter with God is determined on ABC. What do I mean by that? Because 
When you talk about encounters with God, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draws him. So for that scripture to be fulfilled, it means if you are, you are only coming to act a script that God has prepared, it is not your decision to say, yeah, don't get me wrong, certain things, for example, before we started praying, we, we worshipped. We, we, we did one or two things. We can do that now because of what Jesus has done. So that's why when people come with the notion of thinking they have to do something, they have to do something, they have to do something before they can now experience certain things. It's not, it's not, because the truth is, what, what can you do within your own strength? It's not going to be. Later in the same John, verse 65, you can read every other thing Jesus said, but in verse 65, he said certain things here. He said, and he said, therefore I say unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him by my father. The same John. And Jesus re-echoed that. So that means, when you look at what Jesus is saying, and Jesus is, is, a, is a sharpshooter, if you see what he's saying here now, another thing you need to understand, according to what he said in 65, he said, and he said, therefore, I say unto you, no man can come to me except it was given to him by the Father. So when you see men who are, um, who are, permit me to use the word now, hungry for God, who, are, who wants to get God or who wants to um, pray, who wants to do all those, in quotes now, um, what Christians are meant to do, is because there is a pool. You understand what I'm saying? It's because there is a pool. That's why the Bible says later in the scripture, the Bible says it is he that wills on the inside of us to do of his good pleasure. What does that mean? It is not you, when the Bible says it is God who wills on the inside of us to do of his good pleasures. That means no man can say, I did this thing by my own power. So accessing God is not, uh, is not based on your status in church. We have access to him already through Christ, which is the reason why for us having encounters in God, it should be a normal thing. I hope you can hear me. For a Christian, having an encounter with God should be a normal thing. It should not be, for example, if I want to go to the United States of America, it is before, well, years before now, nobody needed a visa, nobody needed to do anything. Now, if you want to have access to God, um, to the United States, they will tell you you need to get a visa, which it's fine. I don't have issues with that. In Christianity, no Christian requires any visa to access God. Now, what are visas? A sign of something to pass, right? Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. Because even Jesus revealed to us that come, it is not the intention of God for you to have a medium to reach him. Okay, let's go to the same John, John 16. In case some of us don't understand what Jesus said, I think if you read in Amplified, what Jesus is trying to say, he said in that day, because he's talking about a futuristic term, he said in that day, in that day, you shall ask in my name, and I say unto you that I will pray the Father, I say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Hold on, did you see that? Who's speaking there? Jesus. He said, when that time comes, you can speak to God. You can have contact with him. You can have an encounter with him. And Jesus himself said, when that time comes, you don't even need me. Just go in my name. So, why, so when I said Jesus typifies the intention of God for his sons to have an encounter with him. 
And Jesus, before he left, he said, come, a time is coming. That's why he said, even I, you don't, you don't have to. That's why when people don't understand the importance of praying to the Father in the name of Jesus, you know, that's why a lot of times I frown about people who pray in the name of people to get unto God. or to. It's, that's not what God has said. So that's the reason why we, 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 we have this. We have this, you know, I said certain things a while back that we really need to be careful of false teachings. False teachings. False teachings are, are worse, they far dangerous than false miracles. People don't know that. When you see somebody do a fake miracle and all of that, people want to castigate him and do all of that. That's not. But when you see false teaching, let me tell you the dangers of false teaching. God cannot go against his words. He cannot. It's impossible. It's impossible. If God says this thing, if, for example, if he comes and he says this is blue, this thing will turn to blue. Why? It is part of the righteous nature of God. His words cannot return back to him void. That's the reason why we cannot afford to be ignorant on God's word. Why? Because even the devil knows he cannot go back on his word. That's why when he came to Jesus, he said, you know, he has said, when you throw yourself, he will send his angels to take charge and all of that. Just turn this stone to bread. No, Jesus went back to him as well with the word. Because he knows that if Jesus did that, yes, the angels will come, but at the expense of him giving access to the devil for something. And that was where Eve had issues without knowing the word. That's why the Bible says Adam was not deceived. Eve, on the other hand, did not know. Because, I don't know, maybe um, Adam never sat down to lecture her. That if this guy comes this way, this is what he's trying to do. And that's why eventually when he came, what did he say? He said, did God really say when you eat out of this, you shall not? And he said, no, God just doesn't want you to be like him. As though they were not like God in the first place. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why, because she did not know that the way she was, she was already like God. She thought she needed to eat something to be more like God. That's why it's not going to be in that way. Listen, the Christian is not one that needs to climb two, three, four, five, seven uh, something mountains before he thinks he can contact God. That was the old days. In this day and now, we are living in a state, and I'm going to show you very soon. We are living in a state whereby it's a call and response. But your faith has to be living in that revelation for that to happen. That's why when you think you have to go, 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 come, do all of this, Jesus already told them in what we just read. He said, come, in that day, I, even I, I am not going to speak on your behalf. Why? I have spoken on your behalf already. Jesus dying on the cross was him speaking on behalf of every Christian. Was him taking the blame, was him taking all of those things on himself for you and I. So that today we can easily have encounters with God. Now, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. Now, let me, let, me, let me open up certain things. When we talk about encounters with God, you know, some people have limited it to, Lord, I'm trusting you for the fruit of the womb. And then, and don't get me wrong, I don't have issues with that. Lord, I'm trusting you for a job. I'm trusting you for a car. Then when the car comes, you say, wow, wow, the God of multiple encounters. I'm trusting you for a baby. And when the baby comes, the, um, um, the God of encounters. Before you go to Hebrew, no, hold on, hold on. You know, when I was preparing this, I had to, I had to you know, just say one or two words in the place of putting this down. Asking God that people, when Jesus said, my people perish for lack of knowledge, you know, I think every day as you walk with God in his word, 
you 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 see that part of you might read that word without understanding how uh how painful for god himself to say my people perish it's a lot you don't understand you you are you are the you are the president of a country and you have all the resources at your hands but you still see people perish because you know you cannot go back on your word you don't understand. You cannot go back on your word, but he says, my people perish. Psalms. Before we go to Hebrews, Psalms. Let me show you something in Psalms. Let me just quickly borrow, borrow that Psalms and you'll see something. Because when people talk about, and don't get me wrong, I'm not against miracles happening. Listen, the Bible says miracles are what? Bible students. What did the Bible call miracles? The children's bread. That is what miracles are. Do I have anything against miracles? No. Am I trusting God for certain things to happen in my life as well? At least maybe for load sheddings to end. <laughs> you know, for those of you that don't understand load shedding, don't worry. That was just, you know, the, the audience here understanding. But, but listen, what does the Bible call miracles? Jesus told us the miracles, which awesome, they are from God. But he says miracles are children's bread. You don't, how many of you ever... With 15 rand, 10 rand, when you go to spa, check out shop, right? You can get bread. Anybody can get bread if they have money. Right? You, you don't have to. It's not, it's, not, it's not a determinant of how, um, how vital you are to the South African economy. Because you can afford bread. I'm just saying. And I don't have anything against my son eats bread for a living. <laughs> I don't have anything against bread eaters. But what am I trying to say? Help me, Holy Spirit. You, you, cannot, you cannot describe the whole of God by just crumbs. You cannot. And if you keep, and we keep teaching people that, you will have raised a set of people that if the pastor, whoever it is, in that auditorium or congregation, does not come to another revelation of the word. You will have raised a set of people who know God by his manifestations, but not his ways. They will know God by crumbs, not by encounters. When God shows up in your life, you don't necessarily need a miracle. When he showed up in the life of Paul, Paul was not lame. He wasn't blind. He wasn't, there was nothing wrong with him. He didn't need any miracle. Paul was not broke. So what happens if you limit God by miracles alone? What about some of us that don't need miracles? Are you saying we cannot encounter God because we are not blind? That's why, listen, listen. Working with God will age. It will grow you. You will start to think on them. And that's where at times, even words, words when it comes into my spirit and some thoughts just from nowhere. I ponder upon it and I say, wow, now I see the fault in this. Is it okay? I, listen, I don't have anything against miracles. Because I was asking God, why do you not want me to teach encounters from a miracle perspective? Because the truth about it is, so if you say, whoa, he's the God of encounters, because he showed up to you, you were lame, now you, are, you can walk, glory to God. So does that mean those with two legs cannot encounter God? What did you see? Let's check. Psalms, Psalms 103. That's why we are here, saints and God, to check it out together. Psalms 103 verse 7. The Bible says God made known his ways 
To who? Moses. But he made known what? His acts. To who? Let me put down this tab. So are you telling me this same God has in him the ability to display two sides depending on your revelation about him? Moses was not more special than the children of Israel. The difference between him and the children of Israel was the revelation they knew about God. Some of them wanted to worship God only from the miraculous encounter side, which it is okay, don't get me wrong, but it will limit you. That's the reason why I said, listen, when I minister, I was, you know, I was praying before starting this ministration, and I said, Lord, that they, that they experience you, nothing more. And the truth about it is, there are certain times when all you do is come and speak a word. The one that is trusting God for a baby, through that same word, encounters something. The one that is, that is, children are running everywhere in the house, also encounters something. That's why when God shows up to you, he touches you in every corner. That's why we cannot box him to just one dimension of an encounter or one person's experience. It is my goal that my experience with God or my encounter with God will not push you to say, I now want to become a pastor that will preach with fire like Pastor Morris. No, no. Let that encounter also push you to say, if what God has given to me is the gift of singing, I might as well sing until hell feels the impact of that grace. I might as well teach. I might as well write. Whatever it is. That's why when you come to God from that mindset, the Bible says he made known his ways to Moses. The same God turns around to another set of people. He did not show them ways because they were not hungry for ways. I hope you heard what I just said. What did the Bible say? He says he made known his what? Acts to the children of Israel. And I'm going to show you something in Hebrews 6 where you will discover that landed them in trouble. Because the truth is, when, you, when, you, when Jesus come, when Jesus came to die on the cross, whew, I hope you can handle this. Jesus did not come so that we can have special programs. We, we can come, he says, I come that they might have what? Life. And what is that life? The life that encounters God on a daily whether you are walking the streets of Cape Town, that encounter is there. And whether you change your location, that same encounter is there. The days you have going through a phase, that encounter is still there. You don't determine the mood swings to determine when you would have encounters with God. It's something that, listen, that's the reason why the Bible says when Jacob, he was walking in a place, that particular dispensation of his life, read that place, I think it's Genesis 24 or 23, Jacob was not in the best place. When I say best place, financially, he was not in the best place. He had served in the house of Laban for years. He was trying to get wife one, wife two, trying to get the marriage sorted, trying to get everything sorted. But the truth about it is he knew there was a blessing upon his life. He knew. He knew that there was something about him that was special. So even if the wives were not coming yet, he was still Jacob. Even if the monies were not coming yet, he was still Jacob. He did not see his relationship with God based on the day God shows up in the miraculous, which is good, all well and good. Then I will praise him. That's why David said, um, 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 uh, in this dispensation, he says, I was glad when they say, let us go to the house of the Lord. 
snap out of that. When they say, let us go to the house of the Lord, yes, rejoice. Even if they don't say it, child of God, rejoice forevermore is what the Bible says. And that's the reason why when Jacob got to that place, he looked around. Yes, I don't have the wives or Laban just tried to run me over. I'm not carrying that beef. Put it aside. Someone tried to cheat me over. Someone tried to do this. Put all of those beefs aside. The Bible said he got to a place and he said there was something unique about this place. Nobody printed a poster. Nobody printed an, nobody called for an altar call. Nobody did anything. The Bible said he got to that place and he was like, there is something here and he decided, you know what, I am going to sleep in this place. Sleeping is a posture of someone saying, you know what, I'm going to stand here until I receive something that will change my future. It's not so much about whether they call for special programs or not. And the Bible says when he slept in that place, that same night, that same night, the Bible said he had a dream. Something happened. An exchange started happening in him. The Bible said he saw angels going up and down. And he was like, wow, what is going up here? That was the place a man wrestled with God. A man wrestled with God. Listen, we are in that generation. You know, I was praying about something this, was it early some weeks back, and I was saying, Lord, something has to shift in the church. Something has to move. We cannot continue to look, and all people see and talk about is, they know us for, oh, worship, praises, and all of that. Listen, there are some uncommon manifestations that has been written that must happen in the last days. The Bible says there would be such an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the last days that even the blind would know Jesus is Lord. Even the deaf would hear. But such things will only move through men who have practiced daily encounters with God, not seasonal encounters. Not when you limit it to when they call us for encounter. Um, we have a special program coming up today. And the theme is encounters. Listen, let me bust your bubble. If you don't have personal encounters with him, it will be hard to have a public one. It will be hard. When you see me ministering like this, it's because I'm a product of things I cannot even share with you. That's what the Bible says. No, no, no. Paul says there are certain things that are, we, it cannot, we cannot even alter them. Why? Because some of us, we are so used to the acts of God, not his ways. We are so used to the acts of God. And listen, the acts of God, good, awesome, but it's not enough. It's not enough. That's the reason why when Jesus came, he came to pull that divider down. That those days, one of us could be celebrities in the kingdom. Those days, Moses was the only one that could see in, in Psalms 103. The Bible says he made his ways known unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. The same God. Not two gods, the same God. That's why when you... When you walk with God, revelation, the things you have, the things you know, that's why when you expose yourself to meetings like this, it has nothing to do but to provoke you to go back to the scripture to check for more. Because when I saw this, I said, Lord, why? Why would you show some people one side of you and you show another set to another side? It's not because he didn't love them equally, but it was because of the way they were. Nothing more. Now, now that I've shown you Psalms, let us look at what the Hebrew author 
The Hebrew author now broke it down. That if you don't understand the dangers of Psalms 103, verse, what did we read? Verse 7. Now let me show it to you. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. It's a long scripture, but I'm going to read. And please just follow the scripture. The Bible says in verse 14, Hebrews 12 in verse 14. First things first. The sons of God, after Jesus Christ, you are not to associate with the mentality of the Israelites. And I don't have issues with the I don't have any issue with the nation called Israel. Israel, but I'm trying to use Psalms 103 verse 7 to show you two kinds of Christians, even in this age. Some of them who want to have encounters with God and just limit it to the Lord, if you can do the miracle for me, Lord, I will serve you more. And I've discovered, Pastor, finally when God does that miracle, your hunger just goes down like this. Because your goal was never for God, it was because of the pregnancy you wanted to have. Your goal was never for God, it was because of the car you wanted to have. That's why I keep saying it. I don't have any problem going to God for miracles, going to God for monies, going to God for paying bills, but don't replace things with God. If he does not give you the car, stay in church. Walk if you have to. Listen, go to the scriptures. The Bible says God showed Joseph a dream. He dreamt. He dreamed that he was the king. He, 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 people were bowing to him, all of that. But from there, where did he go to? He went to the prison. He went into various places, but that did not change what God said concerning him because he did not have an encounter with God based on the position of what he saw in the dream. He had an encounter with God based on his personality. And it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible. The car you are trusting God for can break down. But if it is God that you are after, even when he gives you the car, you don't replace the car with him. That's why it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, what did we just read in, in Revelation? He said, when that river dries up, he said he would release three, there was something he called, and what did he say? He said he would release, I think, three evil spirits or something like that. He said they would go out as false prophets, working miracles. We all read it. That's why I'm always particular about when people come around me and say, Lord, Pastor, I want to share a testimony. I rejoice with them as well. I say, wow, listen, you can come to me. Let's believe God on this. But the truth about it is even God, when God says, hold on, that does not change who God is to you. And even if God gives it to you right there, it does not change who God is to you. God should be God to you the days you have $5 million in your account. And God should be God to you the days you have 5,000 or 5 rand or so in your account. What people don't understand is even when you have that same $5 million, if you don't watch it, that might be what will just distract you. God does not want any other thing to substitute the encounters he wants to have with you. Even, that's why, why when I started, what was the first thing I said? And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, make sure that you don't substitute your work for God with your work with God. Because the truth about it is, you, looking at it as well from the platform, and I'm not here trying to trying to call out anybody trusting God for a miracle, even as a preacher of the word. You might want to preach in Japan, preach in, in Somalia, preach, in, preach everywhere. Your faces are all over the poster and the picture, but when it comes to the secret place, God is looking for you. And I'm saying that every day to also examine myself. Listen, I wrote something that I've never shared with this with you. And listen, on this realm that we are on, we need to help each other. 
on this realm that we are on. I'm not going to come here to try to pretend the days I know that I'm too busy. There are days you need to say, listen, if, if you see, I don't like, I might not, maybe I might not be able to speak for other folks. The days you see me shut down, you can't reach me, you can't do anything. It's not because I don't want to talk to you, but I need to do some things. If you preach more than you talk to God, as a pastor, watch it. Those are things people won't talk about. If you preach more than you talk to God, watch it. It's not, I'm not here to try to be, this, is, this has nothing to do with calling out anyone. Listen, to stand strong in these last days, you don't need fame. You don't need money. You don't need popularity. You don't need all of those things. To stand strong, to keep that garment shining, you have to be close to the one who gave the garment in the first place. And that's why I was trying to explain to my sister as well. I said, listen, I'm, I'm redefining a lot of things. I'm redefining a lot of things. No, listen, there is no preacher that can be as popular as Jesus. And Jesus simplified ministry. Whew! He, he simplified ministry to the point whereby he made it look like, well, what exactly are we talking about? Because you want to build a cathedral for God and if the, the loan and the finances are not coming yet, then you are, you are, your head is down. When they come to you, you are not happy. You are not excited. How about Jesus that fed 5,000 and two fishes? Uh, five, fed 5,000. The Bible never said he was in any cathedral. They were sitting down somewhere under a, a tree. A, a nameless location. If Jesus can preach in boats, preach in seas, preach in places, and the glory of God still fell, who, who needs an auditorium to start with in the first place? Am I against people preaching in auditoriums? No. But listen, pastor, minister, child of God, whatever title you have to your name, if the loan is not coming for the space yet, get out of that comfort zone and preach. If the monies for those things are not coming, whatever it is that you think is a limitation for men to encounter God, listen, what did I say to you? I said, God knows how to find you. Oh, there was something I read to you in my sermon notes. She saw it this afternoon. God knows how to find you. Ask Jonah. He knows how to find... See, see you, can, you can stack up reasons why you don't want to. Reasons why you don't want to. And I've discovered that all those reasons keep stacking up. Because you have not had an encounter. Listen, Jeremiah said, Once have you spoken. Twice have I heard. When you start ministry from that point of view when god says one thing to you it will echo in your spirit forever why because there is he has nothing to do with what god can give me but no i want the god that gives yet the ministry not the ministry because the truth is if we don't put things in the proper place that's when this kind of things happen because of time there is a lot in my spirit the bible says in hebrews 12 now let's go to hebrews it says child of god encountering God, verse 14, follow peace with some men. Is that what the Bible says? It says no. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man can see the Lord. I was like, hold on. But Jesus, as a Hebrew author, hold on. Jesus told me some Chapters back in John 6. He said, no man can come to me except what the Lord draws him. So that means when God desired that Tino comes to him, God did not need to rack his head. All God needed to do was introduce Jesus into Tino's life. 
and that was the season when your encounter with God started. That's why people, when you give your heart to Christ, that's why we cannot play down the place of telling men or when you're getting men saved. Because the day that happened, that's when your encounter with God starts. Prince of the posters, walk in all of the miracles. Listen, miracles to also happen to unbelievers. It does. The woman who came to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm begging you for a miracle. What did Jesus say? One of the unbelievers. I think I can't remember the city where she came from now. Jesus said, I cannot give the father's meat to dogs. The, the father's bread to dogs. And what did the woman say? She said, Master, even the dogs deserves the crumbs that fall from the table. Jesus, because of the compassion he had, no person can talk like that and God will walk away. Because right there, it was not so much about what she needed from God. She knew something about God. That God can, that's what happens when you want something from God without knowing anything about God. When he gives you the money, then you now become a problem that other people will be praying over. What I'm talking about is not a joke. If your miracle is the reason why others will give, will walk away from church, you need to be very careful. If your, your anointing is the reason why people will walk away from God, you need to be very careful. Because the gift of God are without repentance. If God gives you something, he's never going to take it back. But that's the reason why it takes time and long to walk in the fullness of the anointing. Because the anointing will test you on all sides. Before God would give you that, your walk with the Holy Ghost must be like this. And what is the Holy Spirit? Everything he beholds must be holy. That's why at times you see people who they are anointed. But maybe because that's the reason why I'm reading this part. He says, follow peace with all men. And what? True holiness. Because without that, no man can see the Lord. What it means is when you have come into Christ, encounters with God would happen to you naturally. You don't need to struggle for it. And I'm saying this to every Christian who will listen to this audio tape. You don't have to struggle for it. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, buy stickers and all those things for it. It comes naturally. But he says to sustain that lifestyle, follow peace with all men. You understand what I'm saying? He says, follow peace. If you see the way he said it, he said, follow peace with all men. He didn't end that statement. He says what? And what? Holiness. That's what the Bible says. You know, when, one, when you walk with God, as I always said, you, you don't find pregnant women everywhere jumping. They, they carry something. They don't just talk anyhow. They, don't, they are not everywhere. There is something in them that they are trying to nurture. If you've ever encountered God, I'm telling you the truth and lie not, it will change your entire life. There are certain things you thirst for. You won't thirst for it anymore. The way you see life starts to change. The way you see people. Some things that people would, permit me to use the word, put on their head, it will not matter to you. Why? Because you are singing from the lens of God. The way God sees things matter. You learn to forgive easily. You, you have a big heart. Why? Because you emulate God. And such things, listen, when it starts to show in your life, everywhere you go, you carry a presence with you. And that is not what you do because you know how to pray. It is what you do because it now becomes a life. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Because now it is a life. When your daily encounters with God is not tied to an event, <laughs> When it's not tied to an event, 
can, can I can I go there? What do I mean by event? Today in our, I'm going to say church, but I'm not trying to tackle any church now. Today in our church, it is encounter night. But once that night is over, there is no more encounter. That's where we get the problem. Because now you are going back to Psalms. Men who know the acts of God, but they don't know his ways. That's why I keep saying the church is an institution that does not close. Even when the service is over. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. So when he says in 14, follow peace with all men and holiness. Without it, no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there, I'm going to, it's a long read, 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person. Profane. What does it mean by profane? People who talk anyhow. People who don't know how to watch their tongue. That's why I keep saying in this kingdom, we are a kingdom of talkers. There is nothing physical about any Christian. I, I will shout and preach that until every hear would hear. There is nothing physical about any Christian. What do I mean by that? We are a spiritual organization. We are a spiritual being. That's the reason why when you run, because of time I might not be able to read, Jesus in John 3, when he was speaking to Nicodemus, he says, as the wind bloweth, and you don't know where it's coming from, and you don't know where it's going, he says, so are the sons of the Spirit, the children of God. We are that way. But the truth is, such people, when, when, when you tell people that this is who you are, they want to say, ah, me, me, me that I'm saying, yeah, I still cannot, um, I cannot pronounce, I cannot. They acknowledge the meaning limitations around them without knowing that, listen, that's why you, are, you have to be a, a man or a woman of faith. When Hebrew says without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. Because you must be ready to see from where God sees. As a matter of fact, when Jesus says, no man can come to me except God draws him. Have you not noticed? This is so exciting. God did not come to the earth to ask us for permission that, okay, you know what? Should I send Jesus? Should I send Jesus? Okay, should I send Jesus? Because, okay, let me go to this generation. Should I send Jesus? Should I send Jesus? No. He saw and he knew the importance that come. These people need to experience me. He, 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 that's the reason why the Christian does not go around and say, Lord, I'm looking for your face. Someone who says, look at me, I want to be discovered. How do you go around looking and saying, I'm looking for that person? God, Jesus was God shouting on the cross that I want to be discovered. I want you to be able to come freely to me. I want you to be able to know my voice, to hear my voice. Let's keep reading. In verse 16, he said, for ye, and okay, verse 17, Hebrews 12. He says, for ye, for ye know that afterward, when ye have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, true, though he sought it carefully with tears. Now, is he talking about um, 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 Esau, who sold his birthright because of him just talking, talking, because he was hungry, he wanted to eat now. He forgot every other thing that made him who he was. So he's saying, as men in Christ now, don't be like that. Don't just forget who you are. Don't let things just emotional, things come in the way whereby you just sell who you are. You trade your place. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now, in verse 18, he said, For ye are not come. Now, it gets more interesting. Now, Paul, or the Hebrew author, he's talking to us. Church, now, let's come home now. Verse 18 now is the key. I'm reading Hebrews 12, verse 18. He says, For ye have not come unto a mount that might be touched, 
and that burnt with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of trumpets, and the voice of words. Did you see that? The voice of words. He's telling us that come. There is a place that people like you used to stay. He's saying right now you are not in that place. Let me keep reading. It's going to make sense very soon. Verse, verse, where are you? Verse 19. And the sound of trumpet and the voice of words, which was they that heard, they that heard, inherited that the world should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touch the mountain, it shall be stoned. Or trust through the death. Verse 21. He says, And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. I'm sure somebody is saying, Okay, what, what, what is this Hebrew author talking about? What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Who is this people that is saying, We have not come to this place? 18. I know it's a long read. Just note it down. Let me explain what he's saying. Hebrews 12, 18 to 20, 21. The author here is trying to make us understand that once upon a time, God showed himself to a people. God wanted them to encounter him, but they could not. Why? Because they were used to the acts of God, not his ways. The people he's talking about here, you will find them in Exodus 20. Please quickly read. You just open Exodus 20. Just two lines. Exodus 20, 18. Exodus 20, 18. All the people. Who are these people? The Israelites. That's what we're talking about. Just follow. We're going to round off soon. These people, we are the same people who saw miracles in Egypt. These same people were the same people who saw the rivers divided. They were so used to the miracles of God, but not knowing who God was. So the day God decided that, you know what? I want to talk to them. I want to speak to them. I want to show myself to them. They were, it, it was strange to them. God, want, God wanted to show himself to him. But they would rather let Moses tell them what God was saying. They had no hunger for God himself. They wanted what God can do, but not an encounter with God himself. So now you see where I'm coming from. That is a very, very dangerous path. When you raise a congregation to be used to everything God can do without raising them to get God. The day Moses is not around and God decides to speak to them, because you have raised and have big set of people, they will get into trouble. The day God now shows up and says, I want to do something big with your life. You say, ah, me? Me? Hey, this tiny me. Why? Because nobody ever taught you to think like God. Act like God. See from the perspective of God. Never look down on yourself. Don't just go around God for what God wants to give you. Go around God because you want to get him himself. That's why what he says here, they told Moses, we've seen you do the Red Sea. We've seen you do all of that. But let God talk to you, then you talk to us. Can you imagine? Listen, these things are here in the scriptures. They saw God. They would rather walk away from God. And let Moses be the one going to talk with God. When God decided to come see them. That's why when Hebrew author, what we are reading, we're going to round off now. When he says in verse 12, he says, when you look at yourself, you are not like those people. 
That's why he says, you have not come to a mountain that you cannot touch. <laughs> Child of God, you have not come to a church where you cannot touch God. That was in Exodus. That was, in, that was before Jesus. So when I tell you Jesus came to fix a lot of things, you, until, you, until you stay with God to see from some angles, God, listen, that's why I said, this is the Old Testament. These guys were in sin. They, they were sin themselves. The love of God still wanted to talk to them. But they didn't want to see God. How much more you now that you are in Christ? So when I say, let no Christian ever say, God does not want to talk to me or God does not, it's because you've not been sued rightly. If God could show up to people who their spirits were dead, let me tell you one of the reasons why they couldn't handle God, their spirits were dead. Nothing in them was alive in God. When God spoke to them, it, it, they, they, they were shivering. They, they, there were things about God that they, they were just cool with the miracles God can give, not knowing that that is a limitation. It's just a, a minute dimension of what God can give. Without understanding that come, when a man steps into God, you've stepped into eternity. But when you step into a miracle, you've only stepped into a part of him. But when you walk with him, you are walking with something that can even live longer than your name, live longer than your existence on earth. Whew. I hope you're learning something. When I saw this, I said, Lord. So you mean God decided to show up and some people drew back? And listen, whether you like it or not, people are still doing it these days. So when I keep saying that, listen, God wants to show himself strong. I've seen it by the word. So when the Hebrews author ended it for us, going back to Hebrews now, he says from verse, from verse 22, now he's talking to you and I, and that's why I'm going to round it up. He are saying, he's saying that, come, the church in this day and age, we are that set of people that we have come to a mountain whereby encounters are daily experienced with us. I respect the Moses in every church. Don't get me wrong. But the truth is, we are in that age, we don't need Moses to talk to God anymore. The day Moses decided to go to Dubai, to flange and all of that, I can still have encounters with God. No disrespect to Moses. Because even right there, that's why Jesus said, I come. I'm not going to replace Moses. What we read, we read in John 16, he said, don't even, you don't need me. I've stepped away. Just go in my name. When you have that name, what happens is this, it's like you getting a visa, access granted. So when he, without them having the name of Jesus, God even came and said, come, what's up? I want to talk to you. And they were, they were, they were, they were, they were acting like strangers around God. Why? Because they were used to the things they can get from God and not God himself. That's why be careful. Be careful. The Bible says in 22, but we have come onto a mountain unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, verse 23, to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are citizens of heaven. <laughs> which are citizens of heaven. When you live in South Africa, you don't need to pray to have encounters in South Africa. It's because maybe they open your eyes and say, where am I? Where am I? That's why you keep praying, Lord, let me have citizen. Let me have experience with South Africa. Babe, you are you're already in South Africa. You don't need to pray to have experience in heaven. The Bible told you we are already what? Citizens. Citizens. Come on, say I'm a citizen of heaven. <laughs> the Bible says to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of, of all, and of the spirit of just men made perfect, and Jesus, you now see the reason why. Why now we can have constant encounters. He says, and Jesus, the mediator, 
the one who initiated that season. He says, the, and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and the blood of the sprinkling and speaketh better things than that of Abel. He said, verse 25, see that ye refuse him not when he speaks. <laughs> I, I need to end it here. So now, Hebrew came to you and said, Tino, Lesego, um, Chelsea, Nunu, every one of you. The next time God shows up to you, don't be like the children of Israel who will step back. Why? Because he's going to do it. When I saw that, I said, I said, Lord, my revelation about the encounters of God just, just increased. God is already waiting, even before you, come, you decided to come speak to him. That's why I told you, when, when he says, how do you pray to somebody who says, before you ask, I know what you want to ask. How do you talk to someone like that? It should make the mature understand that what he's trying to say there is he cherishes the relationship more. That's all. He says, before you come to pray, I already know what you want to pray for, but still come and pray. Before you come and open your mouth and say, Lord, I, I want, I want. He says, I know what you want to ask for, but still come and worship me as God all by myself. That's all. And that's why church, and I'm going to leave with this. Every time you practice the presence of God, have it at the back of your mind that come. This is me. This is God. Nothing in between. And I'm saying that to close to every Christian who will be privileged to listen to this. Let your watchword be. This is me. This is God. Nothing between. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you practice, you know, one of my mentors calls it the mirror principle. That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 33, verse 18. He says, as we behold ourselves. What did he say? He said, we are constantly changed. We are metamorphosized into what? The same image. That is the principle of Christianity. The more you, you practice that presence, he says, you don't have to pray. You don't have to go to the mountain. You don't have to. It is by default. You can read it. 2 Corinthians 13, 3, 18. He says, the more you encounter, the more you are changed. You become God, an extension of God, walking on two legs. That's why when the Bible, they call the, the church the body of Christ. Some of us are the arm. Some of us are the legs. But we are part of the body. And the last time I checked, my hand does not need to beg me to assess me. You see now how the, the teaching ministry would save a lot of things. My leg does not need to beg me to encounter me. He's part of me already. Children don't beg to encounter their fathers. You don't. When you, when you start doing that, it's because you've lost a sense of your sonship. That's why the same father will reveal his ways to some sons. But to some, because of where they want to stay, he will reveal something else. Not that he doesn't love them, not that anything, but I am what they say I am. These last days, I want to encourage every one of you. I want to see the best version of you. I want to see the best version of every Christian. I want the relationship we have here as saints to not just be limited to this place. The truth is, if you take your walk with God seriously, you are the reason why some others will encounter God. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. And that's the principle of the kingdom. Jesus came so that today we don't need to go to the mountain to encounter God. We don't need to do anything to encounter him. We don't need to, when you call it a God encounter, it is such that it is God himself creating the platform such that 
having encounters with him is now a norm. But at the same time, know who you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this word tonight. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, I bless the ears of every hearer. And I decree that in the name of Jesus, these words would go down to be a blessing to every one of you. It is going to strengthen you in any area where you are trusting God for one thing or the other. And I pray that, Lord, for those listening on the podcast as well, it is well with your soul. And I pray that you use these words to go into 2023, go into the next week, go into the next month, go into the next phase of your life. Always living in daily encounters with God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We know these words have encouraged and edified you. Now go on and walk in the truth of God's word 